Welcome everyone. I am your host Aditya. This is Upskill with Jip Sagar, powered by Viziki. And today I have a very special guest with me who I have known for the better part of the decade. And his name is Jayadevan P K. He's a master of a lot of crafts. He has worn a lot of hats throughout his career. But at the core of it, I think what has spoken to everyone who has gotten to know him is communication. His communication as a journalist, his communication as a evangelist, his communication as an author, and his communication as now a proper professional communications person. Is currently the senior director of communications and content at Coinswit. Before this, he has worked at Freshworks as an evangelist. He has worked at Indian Express, The Economic Times, Next Big Vot, and currently has a column with Money Control. And if that wasn't enough accolades for one single person, who by the way is not very old, I've never spoken about age in this podcast yet, but today I might because he has achieved so much. He's also founded Factor Daily, which used to do some of the best journalism, I think, when it came to data and long form. And this, for a lot of people listening to right now, might. Not no, but it was during the time when we saw the Ken launch, we saw Founding Fuel, we saw Factor Daily, and later on we saw the Morning Context enter into the tech reporting space. And I think they did a brilliant job. And Pankaj still has a a podcast on it called The Outliers. So if you do end up going to Factor Daily, do check out the long form articles which stay relevant even today. And in addition to that, he has written a book on Xiaomi. Now, I have worked in the oem space for a very long time as a product marketing person as a product pr person i've written about it but in due to his book i found out a lot of things about china and how they view technology how technology evolved over there in the 80s and the 90s and the 2000s i think i found a lot of value in what i read through it and that is something that is again key when i talk about gpk's because every conversation that i've had with him has always added some value to you know me as a person and as a professional i think that is the same sort of a um, mantra that he is known for and is appreciated for in the places that he has worked at so welcome gpk it is an absolute pleasure to host you and thank you so much for taking the time to do this thanks thanks aditya very kind of you uh, for that um, you know flattering uh, <laughs> like i said i do i do really appreciate i mean all of this i have never said it out loud because you will not appreciate it if i say it to you in person now would you It, I don't know how you would react if I say that to you in person, but it's true. I mean, you've done a lot of these things that I really appreciate. And the book on Xiaomi, I don't think I ever told you that. That you know how I found value in how you had covered, how IP was transferred. I think that that was a key moment for for me when I went, oh ho, that is how they develop those skills. And this podcast is a lot about upskilling, and I want people to realize. that you know upskilling is a part of your life so with that let me ask you the first question i know you started your career with a call center job and you did a btech and yeah. then you know journalism happened so my first question initially always is a very simple one line question your profession did you plan it or did it happen to you but you have done so many things that i don't know where to start but let me start again journalism did it happen to you or was it always the plan it sort of happened to me i've generally been not very deliberate about you know i want to do x or y a lot of things have uh, happened to me in the flow of things and you know just not to like drop uh, too much gyan but 
I think it comes from this thing ki I have been open to ideas and that's always been the case with me like you know so if, if I find something interesting then I always give myself enough room uh, to be able to take up something new right and that's how you know journalism happened that's how pretty much everything happened in my life hmm but if i were to say that curiosity drove you that would be like you know vapas dekho do log gyan pheel rahe or you know two people are <laughs> just you know giving gyan on something so mm-hmm. when you say that it happened to you can you give go a little bit on depth and tell us like how did you go from a btech to a call center to journalism what was that journey yeah so i'll i'll just give you some context like you know i think um, so i i was not a very great student in btech Like just being honest right like you know i barely passed right like i barely graduated wo bahut sare papers maine do teen baar likhe and you know somehow i graduated right like you know okay um, although i never sort of beat myself up saying ki i'm not smart or you know i'm not you know capable uh, capable and all of that um, i was like yaar ye uh, it's it's not of interest to me i always mm-hmm. felt like i was like a fish which was being asked to climb a tree right like so <laughs> so that was the thinking so mujhe lagta tha ki ye meri problem nahi hai so which you know i believe right like you know so there are things that i always felt like i haven't found that thing that i really want to do right so hmm. when i got to btech it was uh, like most people it's like you know yaar you know you're in uh, 2000s right like it yeah. boom yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone was here yeah so it's either btech ya fir uh, you know doctor ban jao and doc- being a doctor you had to have biology so i didn't have that so we attempted the engineering test and you know got through a decent rank uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that inspired me was i did have a computer a long time ago like you know uh, in in school uh, mm-hmm. so you know playing all those games right like prince of persia and you know uh, dave and you know all the paratrooper and all of that i was always keen to sort of uh, maybe even develop some games uh, okay. so i thought and computer was like the thing right I never got into it but I used to play a lot of games. Uh mm. I was exposed a little bit to the internet but not so much. Oh, we used to get CDs for games and we used to play on that. Yeah yeah. I tinker a lot with my computer so it was a you know old PC right and then mm. so that interest was always there. I used to fix computers. I used to you know um matlab uh, wohi usual stuff right like a formatting so software wise you used to you know repair it or even hardware both like matlab you know you would repair it uh, you know windows and dos and all of that right yeah so uh, so i was interested you know i loved computers like you know i spent a lot of time on it uh, so computer science was a natural choice for me in terms of studying but then mm. i went to college i realized that this is very different from what i thought computer science would be right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, uh, i mean uh, i i i don't think i had a theoretical bent for it like you know so wahan pe there was a lot of math you know there was a lot of uh, and lot of other subjects right like physics uh, of mm. course all of this is important you don't realize it now, uh, at that point ki you know physics plays a role in uh, gaming right like you know correct so all of that but you don't uh, i think just the way things are taught you don't kind of tend to realize it at that point ki how does all of this fit together or snap together right so you're just studying textbooks in discrete fashion right like so physics ho gaya fir max ho gaya and all of that subjects and then some amount of c c++ so i lost interest very quickly so after the first year i was like yaar mujhe nahi karna hai i want to like you know 
leave uh, engineering and then i went and talked to my mother and mm. she said hey, you know you can leave but you know what else will you do right <laughs> like you know <laughs> you know like you know i'll go study english literature or you know some usual courses right like so then she was like yaar wo to anyways you will be able to you can read a book Correct. and you know that kind understand of yeah so why don't you just get through it i'm not i don't have high hopes from you like as in <laughs> <laughs> but just get through it so i said okay fine you know let's give it a shot so i had that freedom now went back okay. to so, back to so is that the freedom that allowed you to become the chairman of your college union and become <laughs> the associate editor at your college magazine like i have the permission guys i can be your i don't have to do math right now because <laughs> yeah no actually it could be right like as in i i didn't have the pressure to like actually score like a lot of marks so i would spend a lot of time outside of the classroom so i was mm. like uh, you know i just had to finish the course somehow right yeah. and uh, so i would do like the bare minimum uh, i had a lot of fun like you know you know the usual hostel life and all of that thoda uh, bahut mm. i used to study but not great like you know so uh, worked on the college magazine for like you know a couple of years you know uh worked uh, worked with a couple of like political outfits in college like nice. you know uh, became the union i mean you were in kerala in kottayam yeah. so if you were the college union chairman and not working with a political party i would be yeah. disappointed <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 so that was fun like you know mm. made a lot of great friends you know uh, then after graduation i basically uh, first uh, at the end of four years i had like you know a bunch of back papers so i was taking mm-hmm. i went to chennai and i worked at a call center uh, mm-hmm. so for waiting for the next year you know the same uh, mm-hmm. exams uh, so while i was studying i also worked at the call center and then you know i made some money you know mm-hmm. came uh, came back wrote the exams uh, i think i was fairly confident i'd clear it so i came to bangalore and then uh that's when i joined another call center you know did that for a year you know um by the time i had cleared all the papers so i was uh, kind of relieved that you know okay that part of my life is over uh, <laughs> and i was always like a late bloomer right mere ko i didn't want to like go to infibi pro and you know work in all those places but i figured i would uh, you know want to do something uh, other than you know call center because the uh, life is a bit punishing right like you know and i could mm. already see people who were slightly older who had mm. you know uh, who had spent a lot of time in call centers not doing very well health wise you know not doing very well you know mentally and all of that uh, mm. so i was like yeah 10 years out i don't want to be in this place right like you know it was Correct. a little depressing to watch like you know late mm. night shifts and you know i nothing against it i enjoyed all all my time there you know i used to do well there but i couldn't see myself doing it sustainably over a long period of time right so correct then uh, i had this again wo chance lene ka i always had this uh, you know attitude ki let's try right like let's shoot mm. for it so one of mm. these days i had come back home you know i i was i saw the saw a newspaper ad uh, in indian express which said you know they were looking to hire reporters uh wait 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 hold on hold on so some of the people who might be listening to this might not even know that's possible what year was this this so the year uh, guys is 2008 or yeah. 2007 2008 2007 in it so this is so okay they actually had an ad in a newspaper asking for reporters yeah this never happens anymore like you know like yeah 
let that just sink in. So people who are listening to this who have only been exposed to digital media, these sort of things used to happen in a newspaper before listing things was a online thing. But yeah, so you saw this ad and you responded to it. Was it like, yeah. did you have to send a letter or did you have email back then? I took a, I cut that ad out and I walked into the office uh, okay. and I said, I saw this ad and okay. I am here for the interview. Okay. Uh, so uh, the editor's uh, PA, he made me wait for a long time because obviously everybody was busy and Correct. I just walked in, right? Like, so, okay. uh, and then I, you know, waited for a while. And then, you know, when I got the interview with the editor, he uh, he turned out to be another engineer <laughs> who <laughs> had a similar journey okay. and uh, he was uh, you know uh, he so indian express was trying to like sort of re uh, reimagine you know at that point and they were mm-hmm. like, kind of, a little bit of modernizing was happening okay uh, now they wanted like new reporters and all of that so i said uh, you know uh, I, I, anyways, I was like making very little money in the call center, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. 13,000 rupees or something, right? So wow. I was like, that's good enough for me. So I'll join. So I guess, <laughs> you know, it was a combination of the cheap hai banda. Dusra yeah. ki, you know, had some, you know, this thing. I think one more piece that helped was I used to have a blog, which I've deleted. It's quite embarrassing to read now. So, <laughs> so, I showed the editor, yeah, I, you know, and I used to have like, I used to write, just write for the, mm-hmm. you know, 10, but you know, I would still write, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, it didn't matter because yeah. yeah, that's how I also got my first job. Just so you know, I used to have a blog called TechStream, which uh-huh. was read by Sriram Sharma. Wow, okay, yeah. And he yeah, reached yeah. out to me via common friends saying, ki, hey, are you looking for a job? So yeah, blogging yeah. has always been a healthy exercise because putting something out there always gets people interested or at least they are like okay this guy puts in the effort in the right places so this yeah. editor sees your blog he's like okay now how did he decide to put you on the crime beat so uh, actually he didn't like you know i was uh, initially uh, in features and okay. uh, i don't know what happened but uh, i think uh, the crime beat was running low of people or whatever but i somehow got shuttled into the you know crime beat and I didn't quite uh, have enough, uh, you know, brains to make an informed, you know, decision because I had no clue what journalism was, right? Like I haven't studied journalism. I don't know the process of news gathering. I didn't know the people, you know, I was like an average, you know, person who once in a while reads the newspaper, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So then uh, uh, it was, I think those days was also a little slower, right? Like it was Mm -hmm. not this intensely competitive. Uh, right. So I, I just, you know, had that, uh, I, I would say it was lucky for me because it exposed me for a, you know, uh, to something very different, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did that for some time, you know, six months, eight months or so, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, again got shuttled to the business, uh, you know, team, which uh, which needed like an additional reporter. So, and I was interested in like, technology yeah mm-hmm. uh, and all of that uh, i think that's pretty much how the business journalism slash reporting kind of journey actually started right what was the question that this editor asked you because you know you are and how long did he make you wait you know honestly it's so long ago i don't remember 
okay um, yeah i may have said some stupid stuff like you know like really like, <laughs> like you know I, i i don't think any you know i i was very smart or you know i was very politically aware or you know i was very i, you know, I was just like you know i would have said some dumb stuff i think he would have uh, it, it would have been a punt right like you know on mm. that he would have taken and to which i'm really grateful like you know yeah. a lot of people have taken chances on me uh, i don't know why i have an idea of why but you know <laughs> exactly why and you cut out was... an ad and went to an office now if <laughs> i were to ask you what time did you go and if you tell me that you went in the evening then i would be like what were you thinking sir what time did you go for that interview <laughs> so i i went in the morning so i was around like i i think it was around 11 10:30 uh, 11 times i think the interview Still happened acceptable. yeah Still acceptable <laughs> yeah <laughs> in fact i had another interesting you know experience which is uh, this is just for the heck of it i i, I had zero you know expectations out of it Uh, mm. before i joined the call center before i actually appeared for the indian express interview i took like uh, uh, 10 20 copies of my you know resume uh, mm. printed it out and uh, i went to manipal center now i had heard that in bangalore manipal center is where all the big offices are okay <laughs> this goes on to show how clueless i am right like because manipal center mein, there were like these really tiny offices right like you know okay. and i went to all the offices and whoever was there i would just i actually just gave my <laughs> i said yaar hey i'm i'm looking for a job if you have anything please call me <laughs> like <you know? laughs> so anyway just i, I think the... that also takes courage i mean you know a lot of times for for example i started the idea for this by calling it reviewing the reviewers because i wanted to talk to my colleagues because all of the colleagues and peers that i have have interesting stories but you know the courage that to take that resume and put yourself in a situation that is so vulnerable to your ego and pride and just being like you know i'm just going to do this because I don't know why I'm doing this, but I need to do this, and that takes courage. And I think that should be applauded. I think the reason <laughs> people have taken a chance on you is because you have taken so many chances on yourself. I mean, that's my explanation yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to believe that, but <laughs> it could be true, right? Like, but uh, it's just that you know, I would, uh, I, I was quite, you know. out there like you know i would just do some of these things like you know mm. if i liked something i would write to that person like i actually didn't care who that person was right like you know if mm. i give another example like you know i used to love this uh, scott adams ka dilbert right oh i you love know? scott adams yeah so <laughs> so uh, and back in the day so uh, i found his website i just, i just wrote a mail to him just for the heck of it like you know hey you know been read and scott adams is like the god right like at that time yeah. like Yeah, and still is. Uh, so I mean, I still is, but he has become a little controversial. But I, 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 I still love Dilbert. I still love Dilbert. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So I just wrote to him, right? Like saying, "Hey, I really love this. You know, um, been a great fan." And I just left it at that. I, I was never into like celebrity. Like I wouldn't write to Shahrukh Khan or like Amitabh Bachchan, <laughs> but like I would write to these kind of guys, right? Like you know, yeah. So uh, brain pickings, yeah, for you know all of these guys, and just to say hi, you know, appreciate the work and all of that. Uh, so many times I noticed they would actually respond, like you know, they would like maybe two lines, right? Like, but they would respond. Yeah. yeah. And later on, I've found that you can act use this, right? Like you know, um, as like you know, to create and maintain those relationships. So maybe 
just by meeting more people just by being open to like you know shaking hands and you know all of that i i think you know it has helped me a lot uh yeah so that i think that has also helped me a lot because i call it my min strategy min strategy which is monitor uh-huh. identify network so if mm-hmm. i monitor certain areas i mm-hmm. identify this and then a network i made it into a formula now but you know that was also because my grandfather who used to be a marxist and a communist he once wrote read this book uh, brief history of time and i was going yeah. through his old notes and you know he had written a letter to stephen hawking and i was like is my yeah. grandfather crazy that you know did he actually expect so he used to write a letter keep the original letter and send the copy to the person and a lot That's of times he has respond a lot of these you know luminaries have responded to him and my yeah. father also used to say that you know if you need want something you need to like and also my one of my ex girlfriend said it and she said it best you don't ask you don't get so i think yeah. if you need yeah. to like put yourself out there you need to be able to communicate and i think i will come back to communication and now that we know you know your mom was cool with your journalism because i'm hoping or was she not i mean i need to ask you that you now that you found your way from a btech to uh, a journalism job what did you tell your parents that you, what were you doing how was their reaction i think uh, they were happy i don't think you know they, i mean my mom's never had like strong opinion views on what i should be doing right like you know mm. although she did like set up some uh, grounds for work ethics integrity you know hard work and all of that but she was not very specific or prescriptive about ki ye karna hai wo karna hai kind of thing right? so i think that really helps like you know so uh, i didn't kind of you know have much of an impact on my choices per se okay so now the next question i want to ask you is about your journalism and then get into your you know communication career but before i move into this next part of this where i will talk be talking about your you know your professional work do you remember any stories or you know something looking back and introspecting and looking at your college days going hey listen this is when i knew that you know i want to be a journalism or a journalism is a profession for me because you were an assistant editor associate or assistant editor for your magazine so you were sort of you know already dabbling into writing you did write a blog so you know you were writing but when did you know as a definitive thing ki hey, listen i need to think about journalism as a career so i think once i start joined the newsroom it kind of consumed me like you know i spent a lot of time in the newsroom uh, and that is largely kudos to the people around you the kind of work environment you know things that uh, give you some kind of kick right like you know give, seeing your byline in print right like you know mm. uh, or seeing your uh, name in the, in like or being able to meet very interesting people Correct. all of that it was very rewarding like you know um, mm. and uh, you know also there was a slight social angle to it which is uh, so i checked out of politics when i started uh, when i sta- you know went into journalism because i knew that could bias you in certain ways right so i was then signed up as like a journalist and i tried to be objective as much as i can mm-hmm. uh, because you are a reporter and not so much as an opinion writer or whatever right so uh, and then uh, you know so i started getting that uh, nice uh, you know flow and kick out of seeing my stories you know people would appreciate it 
uh, at some level people would read it and there was impact like you know mm. back in the day if you did a good story like you know it did travel quite a bit uh mm. and i still remember like a bunch of examples right like you know this is a very soft story like you know this is not even uh, very old but i had gone to cover uh, the story of an income tax officer who had devised a you know um um a, a stuff right like you know which consumes less energy and mm. uh, you know it was one of those lean days i think it made it to the front page of et you know and mm. it was a decently written story one you know you used to have those anchor stories right like softer correct uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 uh, so the, the the day after like you know uh, uh, the oil ministry called on this uh, you know the, this uh, this gentleman and they went uh, you know he got so many orders it got commissioned and all of that right so i think there was impact you know if mm. you would if you wrote about like you know some level of uh, hey you know even simple things like you know uh, roads are ridden with potholes right like or you know mm. there's too much of traffic on so and so junction somebody would act like somebody would read it and some action would happen somebody gets pulled up and all of that um yeah so that 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 did give me a kick i uh, you know uh, th- that was it like you know and then uh, tech journalism was also fun like you know so yeah uh, But- i used to read a lot of uh, long form journalism basically this uh, new journalism right like you know uh, tom okay. wolf you know and then hunter thompson and all of that so i used to also to a certain extent idolize all of these guys right like you know uh, but i guess that was a different era and you know i don't think that can be practiced anymore right like so uh, th- so that way you know that's how i stuck to journalism for such a long time and when you look at your journal work as a journalist i mean a lot of the things that you wrote at factor daily are no more as accessible but i remember reading your work at et at next big what i remember reading like you said you know you always had even right now when you write your money control column most of it or a large part of it is still very relevant like you've written from crypto to white hat acquisition to podcasting as a market so you know you've written about a wide range of things but you've always rele- remained relevant in what you're trying to say so uh, from your days at the economic times or the next big what because next big what used to do a lot more things that you know we see and tracker doing today and then again yeah. you were at economic times and then you were at factor our factor daily work i remember is it used to be beautiful long form articles but from your days as a hard news reporter hard news being you know covering relevant news covering startups what do you have any particular stories that you you know you like well, this was a story that i worked really hard on i absolutely loved it and you know this has by far had the most impact i mean i don't know people you know measure success in different manners but i don't know what you you obviously measure it in impact from what you just talked about so from all of the stories that you have done across your years as a journalist which one do you look back and say that was my best story ever i think uh, you know i don't have like a lot of those stories which um uh, i would say are huge right like you know uh, but i do remember like stories on uh, early days of crypto you know mm. uh, the evolution of it services you know uh, all of that a uh, lot of breaking news like you know who's raising funds who's not raising funds who's getting sacked who's you know uh, not getting sacked you know culture stories on startups so a lot of those stories i really enjoyed writing mm. 
you know the chinese apps like you know on indian app stores like impact of that you know the, there was a time right like uh, you know when there were so many of them uh, you know mm. so that whole piece uh, it, it's more, i see it more as a body of work one of the stories that i did really enjoy writing was uh, that of a founder who uh, was who transitioned from being a you know male founder to like, had a gender transition right wow. uh, yeah i think that story was a layered story and i was able to sort of talk or bring out the nuances of how you know gender dysphoria and all of that i think that was you know an inter- uh, that, that required some tact mm. you know uh, so without, without getting things wrong you know without you know all of that i i think that was a good one uh, there was a story about this uh, 13 year old girl who disappeared one day and then showed up after like you know a few days like no mm. is in bangalore <laughs> and so i had traced her journey right like you know okay uh, so uh, that was a you know i met their parents and you know i wrote about like you know what was it like it was a long form uh, so they they all mounted a very interesting way of uh, finding uh, uh, her right like using whatsapp and a network of informants and all of that so mm. i went and it was like you know i i kind of enjoyed that story writing that story mm. bunch of those stories crypto scams you know early days there were a lot of scams happening so i used to write about that you know what is pump and dump scams uh one of the biggest i think uh, i played a role in that uh, i didn't write that story mostly but i did have like a you know work with you know the anand who was writing that story so this yeah, was yeah. Uh, the gain bitcoin scam right like one of the earliest uh-huh. and one of the biggest scams in crypto like you know uh-huh. story of amit bharadwaj who you know i think tens of thousands of crores right like people in you know put money he disappeared and then all of that happened right it was a, it was technically not a crypto project it was a ponzi scheme right correct um, so that story i think that was impactful uh they i actually we i saw an ad in hindu in which uh, mm. there was a book being advertised about you know cryptocurrency and then shilpa shetty was endorsing it and i'm like what <laughs> that doesn't make sense <laughs> now let's dive deeper into this right uh, uh-huh. so then uh, when we wrote the first story we got calls saying hey it was people who were trying to manage that story right like and i don't even remember the names of those people but you know call me and said hey this that you know wrong story and all of that but um i i think that we just dug deeper and deeper and deeper and found that it was like a massive scam right like so it, the, those kind of stories i did enjoy writing like you know but i see that not a lot of the stories you stuck to uh, a lot of these reporting that you have always done has been hard news is fine and i see you do hard news when it comes to movement of executives or you know changes in this thing so i know that on the top level you are connected to a lot of vcs you are connected to a lot of founders because i think you wrote a lot of those stories in et and uh, yeah uh, i did a lot of fundraisers also like you know and that was a time when people were raising funds every day like you'll have like three four announcements right like you know so i used to get the scoop on that but you lose interest in that because beyond a point there's nothing much to write in those right like you know uh, so yeah i mean that was but yeah. that was the business side of technology that you you were one of the rare ones who was writing it i think in the current crop of people i think i see manish of yeah. you know techrunch yeah. follow or you know uh, or harish of entracker follow or jaya oh, sorry apna jay bhai of entracker follow 
I think you used to do a lot of those things, and I think when you started Factory Daily, you had a lot of these people even coming and endorsing. It was like a gala event when you launched uh, Factory Daily, where it was like you know the met of all of the startup of Bangalore. Everyone was there. Kora Mangala me jo usually people are there were there at the Factory Daily launch party. So yeah, we had a lot of people there. Yeah, all lot of important people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I didn't get an invite. I'm still very sore about that. But <laughs> 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 but you know, you started Factor Daily, and I really admired. How did Factor Daily begin? Before I get into the work that you did, which I really appreciate, how did Factor Daily begin? Because you were doing well. I mean, you know, you were. Uh, you know, if you had continued at ET, I'm sure they would have allowed you to create a property of your own. Like you know, Danish boy of ET has created ET Telecom. Times might not be the best paymaster, but you know, you have the stability, you have the name, you have everything that technically you require. Like if you're half decent at your job, ET is not such a bad place to be. So why start another company and you know, at the intersection and all of tech and uh, culture and future? and i'm sorry but you know i'm it was it's still a very radical idea because honestly reviewing i have seen reviewers for the last 10 years and even today we we still talk about some geekbench score and you know we are exposure to technology has always been skin deep and packed daily dove into things which like you were talking about targeted advertising way back in 2018 about you know how it is being used by political parties or how you know modi is using his apps or you know machine learning and a lot of those things that you know even today are not very much spoken about so why leave a job stable job to start something like this i think uh, you know after a point uh, the uh, you know again you know just to give credit to it it's one of the best places to work and you know some of the greatest you know colleagues excellent you know uh, work environment and even when you publish stuff the impact is massive right so Correct. it is a very well respected and known place now why leave that like that has roots in my previous stint which is because I, the first stint in ET mm. i was supposed to move to mint mint was, had Correct. newly launched and yeah. pankaj had moved to mint and pankaj mm. um, had interviewed me for a role there so i had to ET and Mint, I think they had a, an agreement where you can't like jump ship. Uh, you had to leave us, you know. Uh, so I I don't know what exactly it was, but something around those lines. So uh, I had to sit out for like about six months. So then I was like, what do I do? So that's hmm. when I ended up meeting Ashish Sina, who was uh, the founder of Plug dot in, and he hmm. used to have an event called Unplugged. I know. Very old days. startups right like you know yeah. uh, nothing was there your story was a three member team uh, ashish and you know couple of others were right there covering mm. startups uh, no startup media per se existed at that time right this is when silicon india was big right like or you know, <laughs> <laughs> or okay. those kind of so yeah. then uh, hey, don't talk so, negative but don't bash it up because a lot of my you know pr colleagues whenever they are in a bind silicon india still helps them out so three <laughs> cheers to them <laughs> yes uh, four cheers <laughs> so, so yeah so so i met ashish and ashish uh, was very passionate about products and this is one lesson that i 
take took away from that stint is and uh, you know at that time uh, people used to write to him like you know we, i think you know kunal shah kunal bell all of them like they all knew ashish very well and ashish was uh, ashish wasn't you know um, like uh, he was not a reporter but he was a product guy so he would write uh, about the product take of it and he would always advise you to try a product before you write a new story or anything for that matter um, so that kind of gave me a very nice and when i started trying products i was like okay now you have a deeper understanding of what you're writing hmm. so that happened and during that time unplugged used to be an event where ashish would shortlist about 10 startups and those startups would present you know yeah. um, so that time you would get a inflow of pretty much all the startups right like you know which are launching and this is you know this is the early days of startups so you get hundreds of startups flowing in and mm. then you will uh, be connected to them you will meet a lot of founders you will meet a lot of early employees you know or at least they know you you know them kind of thing so it built a certain relationship so mm. when i went to et i started tracking startups again it became hot right like flipkart raised a lot of funding you know yeah. the whole ecosystem was changing very correct. fast you know correct uh, all the venture capital firms had set up shop in india like you know uh so the early guys left and you know like canon partners and all were leaving but mm. new guys came in you know sequoia matrix all of them became super aggressive about investing in india axel became very aggressive you know, tiger so, softbank tiger softbank all of that right like you know mm. so then uh, the beat suddenly became very hot right like so mm. my thing was uh, you know ki i felt like india was going through a similar phase which it still is which is the whole digital transformation kind of phase right like now um the, the like it, it, technology was starting to impact the way people live work and play right like and that was our premise and then uh, how do we make sense of that change for the indian user or reader uh now in hindsight i think it was a very elitist kind of a positioning right like you know ki mm. uh, you would talk about privacy you would talk about you know ai machine learning you know all of those kind of things you know um i, I think it's a very it's also very wired inspired by guys like wired or you know those kind of publications right mm. um yeah so that was the thinking how does like if 100 million or if 1 billion people have mobile phones how does it change the society right like you know correct does it you know uh, a decrease crime how does it increase crime you know impact of technology on society right ai right like you know what are the concerns like you know um mm. other uidai you know uh, what are the concerns what are the good things that can come out of it we took a balanced view of it but you know we were just like you know that was the uh, thinking and there were a bunch of these stories that we felt like need to be told and uh, to be honest like the news reporting space was not that big right like for example you get like a 4 500 word story in right like on a daily mm-hmm. basis you couldn't right. write like long winding you know pieces or you know interview uh, which kind of you know slightly on the periphery as well right like you know uh, so that's what uh, so that's what we you know that's why we felt like we should start like you know and that's how we started i know you started and you did a lot of these things that made a lot of sense to me but then when i it you know it when i realize it is making sense to me i'm like i i'm not sure if they are making money then because if it's making yeah. sense to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i, I like a lot of these things don't make any money in fact it could actually end up not making money at all 
आई थिंक द फ्लॉ इन आर सेंस वाज कि उसमें वी वर नॉट वेरी श्योर ऑफ द बिजनेस मॉडल्स वी कुड हैव आइदर पुट इट आई रिमेंबर यू यू ट्राइड टू डू रिसर्च पेपर्स इन बिटवीन यू आल्सो ट्राइड टू गेट इनटू इवेंट्स एंड आई दैट्स व्हाट आई वाज जस्ट सिटिंग ऑन द आउटसाइड एंड थिंकिंग कि यू नो how is founding fuel and factory daily making money because i had grouped you with all of the new age launches i think jay also jay bardhan also started at around that time itself but you know he was laying lower than the other people and with the big bash launch that you had i was like yeah i'm sure that you know you have figured the business part out so let me now break up a question so that we can have key takeaways as a because i want to move into your next career move which is right being an author and being a communication person so if you were to like summarize your journalism career and learnings from your journalism career what would be the you know three key learnings that you would be like you know these are the three things that you know i have always helped me or you know have been the things that i will always cherish for example for me journalism journalism has always taught me that no matter how strongly i feel about certain emotion or a certain thing i need to be bias free and i know i won't be 100% bias free but i know that you know i have to keep zooming out from each situation so that i can get to the, like you know a very eagle eyed view of it so for me bias and removing bias has been a key learning from journalism so if you were to like name top 3 or just top 1 which one would you choose or which would would you say that hey this is a key learning and i think i should just share it now so that you don't have to waste 10 years in this profession <laughs> i think the uh, i'll i'll share two learnings one is obviously okay. you know uh, something similar to what you just said which is hmm. uh, the ability to uh, question things or not always take things at face value right because hmm. people will tell you a lot of things and that may not always be true or Correct. people may be saying things without saying things so all of those are very nuanced things that can help you in any career like you know just uh, things like you know what does he what is uh, he or she saying without saying anything right like you know about by being silent so uh, there are many of these things that i feel uh, uh, you know and then questioning like you know go, just going one layer deeper you might uncover some interesting you know piece right so that was a great learning second was uh, the power of storytelling i think uh, storytelling can influence people you know in many different ways uh, yes. the uh, while i was you know practicing journalism i was also looking at you know uh, you would read a lot right like so i was reading about vinod khosla's uh, you know uh, life you know i was reading about a lot of these people many of them have been inspired by reading a story or you know reading the story of somebody else right like you know mm-hmm. and hence get that fire is born right in their belly and then they go become entrepreneurs they become you know or they take on the system or whatever right but the inspiration almost always comes from stories uh, so i feel like it is transformative you know and if you can become a good storyteller you can you know uh, add you know value to the society right like and that can happen on either side of the aisle you don't always have to be a journalist you can be mm-hmm. working for a brand or you can be working for you know uh, as long as the brand is not evil right like so then <laughs> but i don't know that's what the, that's the first thing right nothing is inherently <laughs> evil nothing is inherently good so i think that is where i'll ask like running factor daily because you were no more a reporter you were an entrepreneur now 
So do you have any learnings that, you know, like quick learnings, because I know that is not a period that I would want to talk a lot more about because I think there's going to be a 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 of that. But if you yeah. just were to like talk about basic learnings from it, what would that be like, you know, from your factory daily days as I an think, entrepreneur? Uh, yeah, just from a startup entrepreneur perspective, a uh, bunch of learnings. But before that, I also want to sort of, you know, uh, clarify one piece, right? Like to a large extent, Pankaj did a lot of work on running the business, right? Like, you okay. know, he was, uh, he was more, he was mostly on the, uh, you know, he was the CEO, right? Like, in, in mm. this, uh, I, my responsibilities mostly were, uh, you know, on the editorial side, you know, and a uh, little bit on the product side and all of that. Uh, mm. My learning was, I think the biggest learning was in terms of hiring. Mm. And uh, this is a startup lesson as well. Like, you know, which is you know even if you have like a lot of money in the bank we had raised capital from axel and bloom right like and we had like you know, i think close to two million dollars those days it was really good right uh, i mean one million in the first round and then another uh, so um, even though you have money in the bank high you have to be you know clear about uh, who you hire and what you hire them for even before you sort of you know make an offer right like and mm. i think we got a, I, I got a little excited and we you know i think we made some mistakes there mm. not uh, in any ways to say that those people were inherently bad or you know good uh, it was probably a mistake that uh, we um, I, I made right like you know in terms of i didn't know what i wanted right? like you know so right. that uh, i think as founders yeah I, I think as founders you need to be super clear and razor focused on what you want before you go hire somebody because there is a you know uh, a thing there uh, i think second is you know good journalism doesn't always pay that's a huge lesson for me <laughs> so, uh, so that that was you know unless you're thing. teasing everyone like ashish every day saying guess the story guys what are we going to write about tomorrow <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it comes with a bunch of. Uh, I am sure uh, all of them are sacrificing a lot, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I love that because if it wasn't for those proms that Ashish does on a regular basis, I think yeah. I would not be as interested in quality journalism. And it yeah, is because by because there's so much content, and to read yeah. something that is impactful or you know going to add value to you, who wants that stuff? Now, you know that, you know, Factor Daily is happening and, you know, not happening. You have your ups and downs. When did the idea for the book come about? And why did you decide? Because I have I have known you for a close to better part of the decade. You didn't come across as a guy who was interested in cell phones as much as I, as <laughs> much as to write a book about it. I mean, if yeah. anything, I would expect a lot of my other peers to write a book about it. I would expect you to write something on like an auto a biography of someone or you know something to do with business but you chose to write on Xiaomi why is that and how did the deal with Harper Collins come about for this uh, yeah I, I again you know a lot of it is luck so I'll just uh, you know rewind a little bit uh, so because mm. you know uh, in Factor Daily we did a lot of coverage on China and how Chinese companies were coming to India right uh, uh, so I did spend some time in China so there was oh. a, a line of reporting which I had sort of acquired, uh, mm. you know, a bunch of people that I met and all of that. 
uh, I didn't actually know what to do with it or, or anything besides write for Factor Daily. Uh, so okay. then um, I had earlier, uh, there's a personal motivation, which is earlier I had signed a book about Flipkart. Uh, hmm. Pankaj and I had signed a book on Flipkart with Penguin and, you know, we couldn't deliver on that book because we were running Factor Daily. I had a baby hmm. and you know, a lot of excuses, but I just couldn't deliver. <laughs> excuse you know? Your child is not an excuse, my friend. But <laughs> No, no, I mean, you know, <laughs> so, the book didn't come through. So I was but I think we got a great book on Flipkart anyway. I think you did an amazing job. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant book, I know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that happened and I was feeling pretty bad about it because it's not very often that the country's largest publisher signs up like, you know, two brand new authors, right? Like, so, yeah. uh, so I was like really sad about it that we couldn't mm-hmm. deliver. Uh, then, uh, in that state, you know, factor really was happening at that time also. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there for a bit. Now, uh, there's another journalist who was, you know, uh, commissioned to write a book on Xiaomi and mm. I, I, he couldn't deliver. So, he, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, he put the publisher in touch with me and uh. I said, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> I don't know what book it is. I'll do it. <laughs> like, uh, I just so, need to do something. Yeah, I need to write a book now. <laughs> so, so I knew it would be painful, but uh, this time I was very clinical. I was systematic and clinical, right? Like I didn't think of make a big deal out of it. Sat mm. down, chapterized it, assigned like you know a few hours every day, and mm. just disciplined writing, right? Like, and I also did one more thing. I knew that I wouldn't be able to pull it off by myself, so I hired someone to help me with research. Uh, mm. She did a fantastic job of, you know, collecting a bunch of things. So we had a working model, which is, you know, I we would talk, you know, mm. I would suggest a few angles. She would research and come back with like a bunch of learnings and all of that. Uh, you know, I would rewrite it, you know, and then, you know, uh, we would, uh, so that we built it chapter by chapter. You know, mm. uh, so that's how it worked out. Like, you know, um, yeah, I mean, you know, so it gave me the sense of like, what does it really take? How long did it take for you to write this book eventually? About a year, I think, like, you know, just about a year. I wouldn't say I spent all of the year writing the book. I just like doing it on the site, right? Like, so maybe two hours a day, you know, every few, you know, uh, for a few weeks. Like, that's pretty much what it is. Okay. That's nice because I think what you just mentioned is exactly what Meer also mentioned that, you know, getting yourself to sit down every day and write for two hours was the challenging part. How did you manage that? Uh, So basically I would sit up at night, you know, Uh, uh, and I I think your son would have been around a year or two, maybe. Yeah, he was was one year old. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. he was one year old. So they, uh, he would have slept and then I would sit up at night, maybe 10 to 12, 1, 2 or something, right? So now let's get into the next part. You're writing this book, you're exiting Factor Daily. Were you, are you done with journalism? Were you done with journalism as a profession? Did you want to exit the profession or why is it that you decided to make the shift? I didn't want to leave journalism, but I also knew that if I was to go back, I didn't want to join the places that already existed, right? Like, because then you're basically going back to the same repeat cycle, right? And I wouldn't have learned anything new. I wouldn't have, you know, uh, acquired new skills. 
you know one interesting thing that we did at factor daily was we acquired a whole lot of new skills right like you know mm. uh, right from you know producing multimedia stories which is bring together like you know text and and this was happening a lot in the us but india may because you the platforms were limiting like you, mm. you couldn't do that right like i since you mentioned sriram right sriram had this beautiful data visualization and this was before much before ai you know became know, big yeah. is he had the uh, top 100 ai scientists from india uh, mm. you know visualized in a chart based on their h uh, you know index right like which is the number of publications that they made and the impact mm. that they have right so now imagine a resource like that coming out of a journalism shop right like you know uh, so there's data storytelling there's some amount of coding involved and all of that we were sta- we started exploring like programmatic you know uh, sort of uh, uh, algorithmic journalism is what the fancy name for it is but it's just general you know uh, inter- interesting ways of doing journalism right uh, using technology so then uh, we had also started putting you know say podcasts out like very early days of podcasting right like in yeah. india at least yeah. like you know we had started producing youtube videos we had some really nice youtube videos out there so i feel like we just had so much of variety of you know sort of formats uh, under our belt that going back to a traditional media setup which if it's tv it's tv right like you know and everybody knows their job is cut out and they just can't do only that like you know and they do it well like same thing for uh, you know this thing but this whole multimedia thing was coming up so i never thought you know i could i do justice to those things which is why i went to you know freshworks so girish mm-hmm. uh, the founder of freshworks was one of the angels you know in uh, factor daily and thanks to pankaj and his you know uh, relationship with girish and all of that you know uh, so that um, eventually translated into something like hey uh, girish uh, you know factor daily is not doing well what do we do next right like mm-hmm. and then girish was uh, growing his brand team and he was again prepping for ipo and all of that so is it why don't you come join freshworks see how it plays out you know and mm. that's what happened like you know so i went to freshworks i did uh, a couple of things here and there you know finally landed on this uh, evangelist kind of a role which was basically uh, i made a podcast for the startup you know brand team right like so <laughs> so it turned out to be a decent uh, you know uh, visibility engine and you know so at some level it was starting to generate leads Mm. Uh, so i would interview like you know fortune 500 you know board members and all of that and uh, they would share these interviews in their networks um, and then you know so it was tied into the startup partnerships business right like so they would hear about the business they would land up on the side they would sign up and all of that would happen so that was the this thing uh, so that's that's what we did we did a couple of events there and then it was the year of ipo so i had um, you know at the good fortune of witnessing that I can't say that yeah, i'm yeah, yeah. like a, you know core participant <laughs> but you know i was happy because you know i had some esops you know so <laughs> congratulations yeah thank you so i was like <laughs> after all these years of being poor finally you know, <laughs> so are you telling me the writing a book doesn't get you money uh the economics of writing a book are uh, really bad like you know <laughs> you don't make money unless you become like a massive best seller right like man most business books don't do very well in terms of just sheer number of copies right uh, mm-hmm. so it gives you it helps you build your brand it helps you position as a certain 
thought leadership and all of that but it doesn't actually make, make money your money it. yeah uh, so that uh, so, so basically is- you generated leads at freshworks through your podcast if i were to dilute it to like the bare minimum for freshworks ka startup program because again my expertise was the startup kind of thing right like you know uh, because that's what i had covered in like et and you know all these places so i would uh, that's where it played out so and then you decide to join a place which does crypto and that is one no. of those things that you have not been very i mean would i be miscategorizing you to be bearish when it came to crypto or was it just there were so many scams out there that my reporting or my perception of your writing has become that you know uh-huh. nahi, i think jpk is bearish on yeah so just just to rewind a little more i also used to handle the blog at freshworks so freshworks had okay. a blog and okay. their corporate blog and all of that so i was part of the brand marketing team as well mm-hmm. uh, and uh, i had also pitched a thought leadership platform for freshworks now i was at a point where either i sign up for that you know that was going to be my next you know sort of a couple of years at freshworks mm. or i sort of you know explore something else right now i realized that you know again this whole uh, india story is playing out and you know what could be interesting so this mm. came out of the blue i got a call from you know one of the uh, early employees at coin switch and uh, he called me and we spoke for some time and then he said do you want to interview with us and then i went through the interviews uh, my take at that point on crypto was that okay so i had seen the previous cycle of crypto and i would see a lot of shady people correct you know uh, you had some hotelier from you know africa and nothing to do with like you know uh, like the race or religion or any of that uh but you know with uh, questionable you know background or mm. you would have someone who's come from canada with no you know credentials and all of that they were doing crypto in india bangalore they would do meetups and all of that uh, so i'd seen that cycle and i was like this is uh, i can't touch it uh, although i always believed in the premise of crypto Okay. Uh, at a larger you know sort of from a very philosophical point of view okay. uh, now uh, th- so which is why i didn't touch it like you know in the previous thing and i was hugely skeptical about it this mm-hmm. time around what i saw in companies like coin switch and all of that is the people who are starting are people like with solid credentials right like ashish govind and vimal who are the founders of coin switch uh, they were working at amazon you know okay. um, t- uh, classic indian middle class family with like you know uh, the usual uh, you know the thing uh, very smart guys like you know with an absolutely great career ahead of them who have tried their hands at building products uh, you know but have again you know didn't work out and then crypto worked out right so i mm-hmm. think uh, the the texture of the founders itself was changing you know the mm-hmm. texture of the people coming into the ecosystem was changing and i kind of was able to i think i was i recognized that you know and that's why i figured i should join the other two three factors you know and uh, this you could say you know uh, is not the right way to think about it but a16z had invested like sequoia had invested mm. uh, so some of those some of the most credible you know 
brands uh, and people right like mark anderson uh, the you know uh, founder of you know netscape right netscape navigator mm. chief architects of the internet itself right he is investing yeah. in crypto and bullish about it so i was obviously like you know taken in by that premise and promise as well right so and i wanted you know i actually want india to build some of those technologies ahead of others like you know and there's always skepticism there's always scams like you know and you know in india there's so there's scam about everything right like otp scam you know yeah. um, uh, insurance scam you know everything scam right like you know so uh, so it's basically any new technology right like you will have like a few things but when you see clean people you know with a good sense of like you know how you want to build the company i think that was the decision point for me like you know uh-huh. why don't we do this like you know new tech built from india you know can we actually have that uh, from india right so you have yeah. been in this space for 2 years now what do you yeah. think are the current challenges for the crypto ecosystem i think challenges right now we're going through a prolonged uh, bear cycle right like which is basically markets not doing that great so all the mm. you know all, all the people who were like hey you know crypto is uh, a money making you know uh, asset many people who came in for that promise may have like been burnt so mm. i think that uh, you know a uh, uh, a challenge it's more to do but i think the every time this happens when the next cycle comes like you know you see 10x more people join the crowd you know so that happens uh, second i think regulatory it's 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 looking positive neutral to positive from my point of view mm. because when i had joined there was still talks of like crypto ko ban kar dete hain let's not you know have crypto because it's destabilizing the economy you know all of that right yeah. right now because uh, of the commentary that you're seeing from the government and from some of the bodies is slightly on the positive note they're not like saying ki chhoot de denge like you know so yeah. three things happened right like uh, crypto has been uh, is be crypto profits are being taxed you know yes. even though being taxed at one of the highest slabs right 30% what is it 18 or 28 is 30 wow yeah you guys so are worse off than those betting companies yeah it's it's very similar but betting companies are uh, uh, like they are being taxed on the gma right like which is uh, you know uh, oh which yeah is, which is basically they have to shut down right like you know so <laughs> uh, but this is not that like you know this is basically uh, hey you know uh, you ma- you're making profit so pay up right like you know pay up so, pay that's fine okay but 30% uh, so, is still a kidney man it, yeah. it's quite a lot like you know we, yeah. we i would assume you know it should be at par with other you know Uh, like as a club investment of bodies or financial products exactly yeah, yeah. so that's one uh, so yeah. so taxation then came the uh, you know data protection laws right like I, vda uh, like you know virtual digital assets uh, you know and all of that uh, so then came you know the g20 summit in which crypto was one of the you know topics so the consensus there is to have like a global consensus on you know, how to regulate this uh you know implementing travel rule like essentially how does money flow in and out of a country and how does that work so a lot of those interesting you know and positive developments are happening uh so i'm thinking uh the government is taking a very uh, very you know thoughtful and thorough approach here which is not to be knee jerk about ki let's shut it down right like you know if there is goodness in the technology how can we protect it while also safeguarding consumer interest 
national interests and all of that i this is my reading of the situation right now so that's good you know bad is obviously nobody is uh, the challenge is obviously the bear market if you ask me like you know. so if i, if I would like we you, you spoke about crypto in a philosophical manner and philosophically if you look at it it is meant to have anonymous transactions uh you know a currency that is not dependent on on, on a sovereign but today we we seeing a lot of these kyc norms come in that whole anonymity of it from crypto has now gone so the philosophical bent people i don't know what their participation levels are but what i basically you know cannot wrap my head around is what is the future of crypto as in if you tell me today that hey listen i don't know what the price of a bitcoin is a 30000 bitcoin and i say hey listen i have 30000 so i'll get a part of a bitcoin i'll mine a bitcoin but i don't know where to use it i don't know what to do with it so is i, I mean the flow of money or the speed of money that is required for crypto to be you know deemed as a currency doesn't exist so are we now seeing that crypto is an asset class that we are investing in it or and if we are investing in it what is this asset class going to be used for like am i making sense to you like is my conundrum no i see i so in india we treat it as an asset class and not so much as a currency right like you know yeah. and you know in many countries it is going to be that way because you have a stable government you have a stable currency inflation mm. is under control and you don't have you know the uh, need for an alternate currency that may not be true for several other countries right like for example Correct. countries where they have wars you know countries where they have uncertainties you know there mm. you need a trustless system which is basically you don't have to trust an institution or a bank or you know uh, anything you just trust the code which is which says ki okay you own x and you own x you know and that's pretty much it so you mm. you can you know you can uh, store uh, you know your uh, valuables in uh, you know in a in a, in any crypto or you know in ideally crypto which is not too volatile which would be bitcoin right now and you know get out of the country right like you can get out of the country with a pen drive right like you know yeah 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 um yeah. that's again you know i don't want to say that this is ideal for india or anything right like you know that yeah but not- we should not have crypto like you know dystopia let's bet on dystopia yeah. for crypto to like you know <laughs> become a yeah. success <laughs> correct so see that is just one of the use cases right i'll give you another yeah, example right yeah, land yeah. records right like you know now uh, there are companies which are digitizing ra- land records now digitizing yes. and putting it on the blockchain now when uh, the digital infrastructure gets destroyed you know to a large extent if you have these permissionless nodes distributed across the world you know storing mm. this data right like you know then you can always go back and say ki boss ye mera hi hai zameen you know and yeah. no one can disprove it like you know and nobody can take it away from you right so you have that record now it, the the asset or the money aspect comes into it when to incentivize the people who are working on that project so uh, you know and this is where i draw the distinction which is you have to see cryptos as uh, startups or interesting projects in which you know it, and the way they raise funds or the way they fund their development or the project is by issuing tokens correct not from vcs or not from you know this thing so they're issuing the tokens to fund a certain project right uh, now if you believe in that project you know again i'm saying 9 out of 10 will fail just like startups maybe even more will fail because super mm. early right but if mm. you believe in that project like you know uh, you might want to you know invest 
and the you don't have to be a angel investor with 50 lakhs to invest or 5 lakhs to invest in a project that you believe in you can go as low as like you know 10 100 rupees or you know 200 rupees right so that's pretty mm. much it now assuming the project takes off right like you reap the benefits of it you funded a project the developers got paid you know the people who are running the nodes got paid all the participant network participants got paid you know so that is how i look at crypto i don't look at crypto as the b uh, solution for every th- every problem in the world right you know mm. um, it, the, it i i feel like the 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 logic exists uh, business models are evolving and uh, that's pretty much it the so programmability of yeah i'll give you another very simple example okay i mean most of the tech case will understand it like for example you have aws right hmm. now AWS owns large server farms which yes. is owned and operated by Amazon for which Amazon gets paid now yeah. me as an entrepreneur i want to start a website i'll go sign up uh, buy a domain you know put hosting on AWS and i'll pay Amazon right now yes. imagine again slightly out there in the future but it it is work in progress people are working on these kind of problems which is assuming there is free storage of 1 billion phones right hmm. uh, all the participants in a network right like which is being pooled and you know and created as an aggregate right like and then it is being sold to another you know say an entrepreneur who wants to set up a set up hosting now how do you reward these 1 billion phones which are contributing to that project right so which is basically yeah. giving space right or mm-hmm. idle space or idle compute by giving them money based on those micro transactions right like you know i may have like a few kbs or i may have a few megahertz right to contribute so jitna kb maine diya utne ka mere ko paisa milna hai jitna you know so which is why you need like those divisible programmable money you know mm. which uh, and which cannot be like you know ledger uh, have like ledgers and all those expensive computing system intermediating it because then the costs don't make sense so mm. the entrepreneur pays uh, you know the network which gets split uh, you know and a portion goes to all the contributors right so these are use cases that could come up i know but you know this company did try out and it failed the name of this company is pipe piper they attracted a lot of rats and uh, you know it failed <laughs> have you not heard of pipe piper they did yeah. this <laughs> I mean look so I'm not saying every use case will succeed right like you know every No use... this is the premise of silicon valley <laughs> the series like you know what they've oh, said like, yeah, yeah. in the last 4 years of being on the darker you know in, on the kya bolte ho usko evil side or darker side I'm sure you read the ET's editorial <laughs> a couple of weeks back that has created a lot of controversy with you know the relationship with between pr people and communication people has always been fraught so don't ask any, me to weigh in on that <laughs> <laughs> any i was going to ask you any opinions but i respect your space and i'm going to just say let it be from this profession in journalism you spoke about bias but you gave us two learnings from your journalism career two learnings from your stint as an entrepreneur is it too early to ask you from what you have learned or is there something that you have already picked up saying ki hey these are two essential key i mean storytelling yes storytelling has remained common between both of these things storytelling as a pr person i know it matters a lot 
but what are the other learnings that you would like to share with the readers or listeners okay this is something that is key as a communication or a corporate communication person within a company i i think uh, if again if if you're not working for an evil corporation you know <laughs> then then it is basically saying ki hey uh, is can you be a little more purpose driven uh, hmm. in terms of you know uh, communication Messaging. yeah uh-huh. and that makes life very easy for you know communication everyone in world yeah yeah and you don't even feel guilty about it right like you know so <laughs> that is the thinking so essentially and, uh, let me just draw or something like draw attention to something that you know you were during the ipo fresh works but you were also at a company which was would have reached would have been very exciting because we saw ftx melt down like 8 yeah. or 10 billion just whiff gone in a instant or over a afternoon where he just tweeted one word at a time so and it's just so happens that sbf's trial is happening at the moment so you were there even at that point of time and i remember me being an ass to you and saying ki dikhana tera collateral dikhana so <laughs> show me your collateral no and i remember being a complete asty because i was like you know this is a good chance for crypto exchanges to be held accountable and like you said if it's if it is inherently an evil corporation there is not a lot a corporate person can do corporate executive can do but Absolutely. i think you managed that very well because i think you did put out a couple of things you had done a whole review and i knew know that that review was also called into question but yeah. knowing that it is coming from you and also from ankit i was like theek hai yaar i mean let me just get off their backs but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so see what we did after that in fact we had been working on this from the beginning itself which is ki uh, something called proof of reserves which you know aditya you know this very well but for the audience like you know uh, do you actually have uh, the crypto holdings that you claim uh, to have right like you know or that you hold on behalf of users uh, and uh, that can be proven through different methods like one tech solution is to do it through something called a merkle tree you know mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, you know still evolving uh, but the other way to do it is to do the traditional way which is get an auditor uh, you know and uh, show them your books uh, open up everything and uh, get them to seal uh, sign and seal it and say hey you know here's the audit right now a merkle tree is more real time it's more uh, all of that but it's also a technologically complex uh, problem like you know to solve so which is why we did we so the need was immediate so you had established ways um, of you know going to a chartered accountant you know showing them everything like and they are professionals who are held to high uh, standards not saying you know they are incorruptible because you know um, sbf did that right like you know <laughs> they cooked the books right yeah you and know. we have enron anderson was enron. the biggest auditor yeah. of them all they were, were the big exactly. five yeah yeah so but uh, my point here is ki uh, the, that in good faith this is what you can do you know yeah. uh, and that's why again the premise of unless you work for an evil corporation right like which uh, you know we don't right like you know so that's that's pretty much it uh, i think uh, the if you have a purpose uh, like you know in coins which the thing is to make money equal for all right like you know mm-hmm. uh, which is i think it aligns certain uh, in certain ways to some of my values as well 
which is why i feel good about it right like you know about what we do here you know and i am excited yeah. about telling those stories to more people and you know that kind of you know and you have built a great more. team around you so you know that is the reason that you know when you put out this proof of reserves and you know the collateral i was like let me just get off their bags because mera i have no monkey in this business and i think <laughs> i was just taking unnecessary pleasure in all of it but thank you like i said thank you so much for being so patient so i think we will come back to you with your learnings of corporate communication yeah so many times uh, your job is not to just say yes or nod in agreement to everything that the business mm. or you know other stakeholders yes. say uh. you your job is to assess how the public or the media will perceive it and bring that point of view into the organization without you know being uh, you know uh, without being a rebel about it right like a you know, dick about it yeah so essentially <laughs> you know so that uh, you know is pretty much that is one you know number uh-huh. two is to be able to work in uh, certain ambiguous situations under pressure right like you know mm. and to be able to uh, stay calm and collect and bring your narrative together in a cogent manner now mm. you won't always be able to do it you will make mistakes like i have made mistakes but that should be the goal to you know sort of get everybody in the organization to align on a certain view and mm. uh, then you know go out to the public and say ki hey here is how right like or this is why you know or uh, this happened or things like that so i think uh, you know being able to uh, being comfortable with certain level of ambiguity and being able to sort of bring clarity of you know thought right like and out there in words so mm. that's pretty much it a uh, few other things is like you know consistency in communication like you know you must walk the talk you know as much as you should you can right like you can just you put should. out a press release saying ki this is going to happen and that never gets happens yeah so those are sort of basics right like and these things add up uh, into something which is not very measurable which is credibility right like you know yes. and then credibility is important when you go to say public investors right like you know or even investors right and uh, you know they have to trust you to be able to invest in your company or buy your stock or you know no matter what you do like you know people are just not going to buy into your story right like you know if you have lost credibility so in in this is especially important when you are hit by a crisis like if you are hit by a crisis and you are out there trying to defend you know your actions and you don't have credibility then uh, you know your stock price is not going to recover like no matter what you do right like you know uh, your so it has impact on all of these things right like you know so, i'll tell you an idea stand put a indian flag behind you and stand in front of you as you give a statement <laughs> that you saw so i for that's all for credibility is from what i hear <laughs> I I don't want to get into that debate but I do see the value in symbolisms I think it works <laughs> it does it does it obviously does otherwise why will I see it but let me just go back to the second point that you make and if if I can take like a couple of minutes more I'll just yes. quickly you know go through a list of things that I feel is essential to communication right like which is Superb. you know uh one context right like you know uh, so be uh, context is everything explain mm. to people what the context is right and that usually solves a lot of problems 
be consistent so if you are changing something explain why or you know uh, why you're changing it right mm-hmm. one two you know keep reiterating the things that you know that you do right like you know you no know, sometimes we feel like i'm saying this too often but it's just important to drill this uh, drill the same things you know again and again mm-hmm. yeah and then focus on clarity and simplicity right like not word play right you know you have mm-hmm. to like dump proof it make it appeal to a large audience right um for like use engaging stories right like you know uh, storytelling changes the game right like you know and five which is don't spin bad news like you know if you have to deliver bad news say uh, you know don't try to spin it like you know as long as you know it's legal right and obviously assuming no not you don't work for, for evil corporation <laughs> and, uh, and then there's this one thing i borrowed from one of the books that i read is there's always a right word to use so uh, using the right kind of words makes a difference i i believe in that you know uh, and then uh, you know finally disagree without being disagreeable right like you know so yes that's a very well said sentence kind of you know try to follow in communications I think this is a separate blog with sir that I can write seven tips from JPK on communication and but given what you're doing now how do you view your education like do you see the value in giving your ETKT exams and you know passing through it do you see the value in it or you do not like so, you know being in college like you know the thiel school of communication or the thiel school of thoughts is that you know f college app universities yeah yeah, yeah do yeah. you agree with that sort of an assessment no not so much like i feel like you know we do need some level of you know basically for large scale population to come uh, out and get skilled right like you need large scale programs and that i think is what schools and colleges do you know mm. uh, but if you can afford to if you have the privilege of then by all means like you know you don't have to go to school or college like you know you can acquire those skills and sometimes by majboori also you will acquire skills right like you know because mm-hmm. you can't afford school or college so you'll do say you'll land up as an intern at you know some digital marketing company and then your climb could start from there like mm-hmm. you know it's just that education uh, college is not the be all and everything of education i think the real education starts when you you know start interacting with the real world and it could be as young as you know uh, when you got enrolled into say uh, college uh, or when you were as young as like you were helping out your parents at their business or you know at their sh- shop like you know mm-hmm. keeping books or you know just uh, helping customers there right like so you have a lot of business communities which go through that education i think that's also supremely valuable right uh, mm. so learning by doing and there's no need to frown upon it right like you know uh, so formal education in some ways helps but it's it need not be looked upon as the only thing uh, mm. the pressure that exams and tests bring is um, you know it's crazy I, you know even last year i woke up one of these days is <laughs> out of a nightmare you know basically i i woke up and said i hey uh, today is sanskrit exam and i have studied for maths like, you know <laughs> and i was literally in sweats right like so it's traumatic the point to add there is um, you know just if i was speaking to somebody who's considering dropping out and all that i would say you know 
don't have to drop out just to you know sort of uh, try something out you today you have internet you have people you have communities startups ye wo just be part of those things and then you will realize if that's your calling right like so you should try things out and then make these decisions is what i would say and i think with why i was hoping you would talk more about you know your extracurricular activities and how that shaped you as a human being because even for my college magazine i was the editor i think it's, it's, it's totally right like you know be, being with other people working towards you know a project uh, it it can be a magazine or it can be like the annual fest or you know it can be anything of that sort it brings out uh, you know aspects about you that you didn't know existed right like you know raising funds for you know say your annual fest right you know you learn sales skills right like you know uh, getting uh, sourcing articles for the magazine right like you know uh, editing that uh, working with a bunch of people so team uh, sports right i i think all of these you get out of educational institutions not just like you know the syllabus right like you know uh, so i think those are very important right like you know you build you also it's a journey of self discovery to me without the pressures of having to start earning right like you know or uh, i'm sure not many it's it's a privileged kind of a view but you know mm-hmm. uh, but it is a discovery right like you know and many of many people will discover it through their you know say like i said right like you know so if if you are from a business community you might discover it sooner right like you know but uh, college gives you that like you know school gives you that so i i think it's it's good in that sense uh btech um, yeah I, as long as you know i also think the ex, the other extreme which is like i have to score a certain number of this thing i think that can be damaging a little bit like you know you 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 may not enjoy your that period of your life which is really beautiful period of life like things hit you hard right at that time yeah you know you're emotional when you read a book it stays with you when you listen to and a you song, can actually read a book properly yeah yeah when you re- when you listen to a song it kind of you know it becomes part of you right like you know so yeah. you just have to like leave a lot of room to enjoy that phase like you know and not uh, you know go on uh, that extreme pressure is you to yourself too much into performing you're not a factory you can you don't have to be productive 24/7 exactly but, and life doesn't end there like you know it's a long journey so you just have to like you know keep at it like be patient know. yeah so that's pretty much it <laughs> so now let's move on to the last part and my favorite part i have 10 questions this is going to be a rapid fire please don't think too much because it's a very simple questions so sure. jpk are you a morning person or are you a night owl i want to be a morning person but i end up staying up <laughs> okay one book that has had a profound impact on you count of monte cristo count of monte cristo who's the yeah. book by so this is uh, uh, I, it's alexander dumas i think uh, it's it's about this uh, a man who uh, was jailed for, hmm. because of a little bit of a treachery hmm. and he is isolated on an island and in that island he stays in a jail for many years his cellmate is another he's his cellmate has gone crazy like not cellmate but another cell and mm. then he escapes that prison with the help of when that cellmate a cell person dies and then he goes and takes revenge you know <laughs> so mm. revenge on all the people who 
ियन um so i'm kind of drawing a blank <laughs> so my favorite historical figure is genghis khan but anyway mm-hmm. if you can't get any of this it's fine uh best piece of advice you have ever received best piece of advice yeah so this is it's not a very pithy line but it's pretty much like this right ki when you are in the middle of a crisis or if you're facing something very difficult in life it might seem like you are in a big hole hmm. but in the fullness of time you will look back and say ki hey that was nothing because you're already out of it right yeah. and uh, hearing this when you're going through it uh, from a friend or from an advisor or somebody is very important right like and to have that you know be lucky enough to hear this from somebody else because that helps you pull through like you know so i think this was a good piece of advice that i received one of the you know difficult days of my life you know so nice. i felt very good about it thinking about mm-hmm. it now nice i think tom hanks is has this video with a couple of actors where he keeps saying this too shall pass mm. yeah yeah, yeah pretty much yeah i think that's a very good uh, you know piece of advice <laughs> yeah thank you for that top 3 must have items in your bag or three things that you'll always have in your bag no matter what i think uh, pen uh, a diary and uh, okay chargers super if you could time travel which era would you visit and why i think i would go to uh, the wild wild west <laughs> you want to see this thing who's this guy You're talking about United States during the phase of the railway constructions. Yeah, or, uh, in and around or slightly before that also. I think um, it, it's just because I've le- read a lot of Louis Lamer books when I was growing up. So, that's <laughs> <laughs> so just that seems like uh, lawless. The right phase to be in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the most rewarding aspect of your profession. Impact, I think. You know, Impact. the ability to. um impact a large section of the society to to do something which you also believe is good for them right like you know okay your go to way of relaxing after a long day sleep <laughs> okay one thing you wish you knew when you started your career when i started up my career what would i have mm. Okay, I'm drawing a blank here. Let's see. That's fine. That's fine. You think about it, and whenever you think, just text it to me, and I'll add it to your intro or outro. A favorite platform to connect with your readers or audience, or which social network do you prefer? I think right now it's Twitter. So I'm at the real JPK, yeah. and I find it quite easy and you know fun to use. So that's about it. Thank you so much. I was anyways going to plug your handle because that's the reason is the last question. So you can follow Jayadevan P K T H E R E A L 
JPK. He is available on Twitter. If you look up Jayadevan PK, J A Y A D E V A N PK, on Google you'll find a very nice picture of him looking sideways in a suit. That's him. He is an author, so it will come up as Jayadevan PK, journalist or Jayadevan PK author. Both of them are the same guy. Thank you so much, JPK, for joining me and taking so much time to. give a lot of advice that i hope to write in a proper manner and distribute it but thank you so much for being so generous with your time hey thanks uh, this was uh, very uh, you know sort of stimulating <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad i mean i'm hoping that when people listen to it right i hope that they just slow down a little bit and be like you know let me breathe a little and you know yeah. because if, if people talk about pivoting as a thing for companies but with when they i when they look back or you know when they look they look you up i hope that you they realize that pivoting is also as a personal brand because i didn't get to the point of talking to about building a personal brand because that would have been a longer like i would have to start something like seen unseen with amit that would be an <laughs> eight hour long conversation but i hope that you know people get stimulated look you up understand that pivoting is a you know it's supposed to happen it's supposed to be thing we are never static as human beings i would say yeah absolutely i think just just to add off uh, you know see there is merit in doing some things over and over again if you enjoy it and mm. if you are able to do it across jobs like like i said right like storytelling is a thread across all my jobs so it, the job role may have changed but mm. that's something that i do over and over and i i try to perfect it and then i layer it with other things right like team Simple. building yeah. management leadership all of that right mm. but yeah pretty much that like you know that's that's my fund down pivot pivoting basically thanks man see you <laughs>